0: hi julia good morning
1: good morning to you good night good afternoon to me good evening to you yes yeah uh you woke up late <laughs> you, you overslept yeah i'm sorry no that's fine i
0: did i'm so-
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i was just saying that because that might explain why you might sound a little bit sleepy right now uh yeah, because that's julia true i just got up but it's fine yes. because I'm not doing anything today, I did just so. Get
0: out. <laughs> yeah, but it still makes me feel bad when we like schedule something for a certain time. It just. No, it's uh, okay. Yeah, it makes me feel bad if I'm like late and I'm just like. So I was just like, shit, I'm sorry, I overslept. <laughs> I'll be there in a sec.
1: Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, anyway, I'm here now. You're here now, and because. Uh, I prepared the in between for today, so you can just sit back, and relax, and listen,
0: and try not to go back to sleep. <laughs> yes,
1: I hope it's not that boring. <laughs> but that won't happen. I that won't happen. I'm awake now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so today's in between. I was. I think we talked about it last episode, where we were all quite interested in the baby hatches, that. Oh yes. Yeah, yes. that were being used in the murder but yeah i told you that they're still being used today and there's a lot of them in germany Mm -hmm. which you didn't know so i thought i would give you some more info yeah that's quite uh i was actually quite surprised that you didn't know about it because germany is one of the top the country with the most if not the country with the most baby hatches oh damn yeah oh wow okay I, i mean modern times i don't know how it was in the past but in yeah in the modern world Germany is somewhat of a pioneer, but and you we're going to talk about this as well. Whether these really are good or useful, right?
0: Well, I mean, maybe I just didn't know because it's not been relevant for me. Yes, like, I didn't know these needed, like these existed because I haven't needed to.
1: Yeah, and that is a problem as well because if you did have the need for it and you didn't know these existed, you wouldn't be the only person who didn't know. So. Apparently, they're mm. not doing... Well, I guess they should do a bit more marketing to have people know about these in case marketing. they need to use them. You know, like, more... <laughs> the thing is, if you don't know they exist, you can't use them, right? So they don't serve their purpose. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. Well,
0: so, I mean, but technically, like, do they want them to be used?
1: Okay, we'll get into all of this a bit later let me give you some more statistics and some history first and then we can discuss about Mm -hmm. yeah about these the moral the the moral angle exactly uh so baby hatches they started off as founding wheels which we uh talked about in the last episode
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: the first founding wheel was decreed by pope innocent the third
0: i love the name innocent as (laughs) for like a person yeah, innocent.
1: I don't know. I didn't know there was You're a pope guilty. innocent, <laughs> and he's the third one.
0: <laughs> yeah, just imagine the the like headlines: Pope Innocent found guilty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Pope Innocent the third in eleven ninety
0: eight
1: 1198, uh, 1198. okay. Yes. it's a long, long time ago. Uh, he decreed that we should make these foundling wheels because he was horrified by the number of dead babies that they found in the mm-hmm. Tiber or Tiber River uh, so yeah that's when they were first created and spread throughout Europe and were in use until the 19th century oh wow so from 12th century to
0: 19th century
1: mm-hmm. wow yeah so long they were time. quite the thing and I don't know whether we talked about this in the previous episode, but I think back in the day, um, there was a lot of infanticide because there was a lot of shame around having a child out of wedlock or if they were raped. And, you know, there was no, um, there wasn't really any abortion or, you Mm -hmm. know, birth control. So, yeah, if there was an unwanted baby, you have to carry it to term and then... Either some what a lot of people did was to kill the baby, so that's why the Pope said we have to offer an alternative and created these founding wheels so that people could basically put their babies ab- abandon their babies in a safe place, so they had a chance of survival at least
0: it's a It's a nice I think idea from the Pope from Pope Innocent, but i th- I can see where just in practice it can kind of go awry, but... Yeah, so... I think you'll tell me about some stuff
1: mm-hmm. like that anyway. It is a very difficult topic because, like you said, the intention is definitely good. Well, they're trying Oh, to intention's do that.
0: the word I was <laughs> looking for.
1: <laughs> yeah, they all have good intentions. We want to save an innocent life that would have mm. been dead otherwise. So that's the intention, but in practice like you just mentioned there are places where it just wouldn't it doesn't work properly or the intention is like this but then in the end uh things happen like that or many people criticize that it's only like putting a band-aid but not solving the real issue of why are these women yeah. abandoning these babies so but yeah in the, but in the end you know it might be still good to have this as an option if all else fails but that this shouldn't right. be the solution But anyway, this was the solution back then. But this episode, we're going to talk more about the modern world. Because, yeah, we don't know how it was in the Middle Ages. And they didn't really, I think, have a lot of child care system in place. So for them, that might have been the best thing they could do.
0: Imagine like a daycare in like the, what, 13th century?
1: Didn't children just start working once they could? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just Seven, like, okay, eight. you
0: can you can earn your keep now, go to the mines yeah. or yeah. whatever.
1: Um, but anyway, let's go to Germany. Well, I don't need to, I'm here you already. You are already there, yes. So you gotta join me though. <laughs> Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that Germany is the country with the most baby hatches right now. I'm not sure if this is accurate, to be honest, because um, I did some reading, some research that there are a lot of these similar hatches in India and Pakistan as well. And I can imagine Mm -hmm. that if they really put effort there, they will have a lot more than in Germany, but I couldn't find any numbers. So let's just say in Europe, in America. Actually, no. Let's let's knock on the U.S. I don't know the number in the U.S. But in Europe, I think Germany has the most. Okay. Uh, and the first baby hatch in Germany was created by a private organization called Sterni Park in two thousand, and this baby hatch was installed in Hamburg. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. okay. Do you know anything about this um, establishment? Like what this organization made them? Or yeah, this organization
1: like what? Uh, Um, sort of drove them to starting this? uh, I I read a page about it, but I forgot. But basically what they do is they offer support throughout pregnancy. So um, if you do research about it, like if you go on their website to look up baby hatches, the first thing they say, call us at this free 24-hour hotline and we'll, you know, guide you throughout the thing. So this organization, at least, it provides these baby hatches, but it does not say... Here, go abandon your baby at this hatch if you don't want it. They actually, you know, trying to get in touch with a mother or an expecting mother in need and guide them Mm -hmm. to the things they could do, other options they have. And then the baby hatch is pretty much like a last resort because there are other alternatives. Yes, I agree. So that's the way it should be. And this organization does do that. So, um, yeah, they provide these hatches, but then you're really sort of encouraged to reach out and have someone help you guide you like they yeah they they help you all with all of that so explore other avenues yeah. exactly yes so that's kind of uh, one organization that does it but i think in germany there's many different so clinics can also set up these hatches and mm-hmm. it's run by the clinic but yeah so there's quite a few of them and i think nowadays there are around 100 hatches in germany Uh, and And that's the most and that's the most that's like in in europe that's actually not a lot it's not a lot no it's not a lot so that's why when people first think of this or they hear about these baby hatches they think oh my gosh people are dumping their babies everywhere but it's not actually that many installed and they're not used as much as you would expect either so Uh, but either way there are five in berlin
0: Five in Berlin, okay, Mm -hmm. and I'm guessing the others are also mainly in larger cities Yeah, in Germany,
1: so yeah. Uh, How these work, at least in Germany, is uh, you have a hatch that opens from the outside, so you pull it open, and then in front of you, you would have an incubator. It's always at 37 degrees Celsius, so perfect temperature Mm -hmm. for the baby, and you place the baby in, and... Inside the bed, there's also a letter to the mother and as well as this identification card that the mother is supposed to take with them. And it basically helps them. If they change their mind, they have time to come back and get the baby. And this card or these papers um, help the clinic or whoever. Connects the baby to the mom, basically. Exactly. So you can basically reclaim the baby more easily if you change your mind. That's nice. Yeah. That's a good system. It is, yeah. So uh, the mother has eight weeks to claim the baby. And if nobody reaches out, then the baby is put up for adoption. And yeah, until it is adopted, it is also in foster care after, you know, the nurses check or the doctors check that the baby is fine. So, oh yeah. And what happens is once you place a baby inside, you close the hatch, then the hatch cannot be opened again from the outside. So it's locked. And only someone from the inside can open it. And uh, the people on the inside, they're not notified immediately. But there's like, I'm not sure how long, but there's enough time for the mothers to still leave anonymously. And then this alarm goes off. So it basically ensures complete anonymity. Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was
0: just imagining, like, okay, if they have this hatch where people can just constantly be placing babies yeah then there needs to be someone just standing there like waiting because (laughs) otherwise how will they know that it's like there's a baby there that
1: they need to like look after no 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 no. Fortunately, that's not the case there is a sensor so whether in the like when the hatch door opens and closes then whoever's in charge usually gets a notification on their app or something and then they will check on the baby. So, uh, a study was done in two thousand eleven in Germany because mm-hmm. that's pretty much when the baby hatches were installed for ten years. So they had to look at okay, mm-hmm. what are the statistics after ten years? And not all of the baby hatch operators participated in the study, so it's not you know the exact number. But from all those that participated, and I. Let's just assume it's most of them. Um, the data basically shows that in ten years, they got two hundred seventy-eight babies, so that's okay. A bit more than twenty-seven per year. Well, I
0: think it's interesting because I don't know why, but I think I would have imagined or like maybe feared that the numbers would be higher. Mm-hmm. But that that's a reasonable amount. Yeah, it's not that Because it's across Germany for 10 years. Yeah. And like 365 or 366 days a year. And it's 27 a Mm year-ish. That's roughly two a month.
1: Yeah. In all of Germany.
0: In all of Germany. Yes. So it's still like a lot of babies being sort of given up. But... I guess I'm glad that the numbers aren't higher. I feel like that's mm. a reasonable amount.
1: Yeah. So it's not a thing where, oh, yeah, every day we're getting a random baby in the box. Mm-hmm. It's really just very occasionally a person drops off their baby. But so interestingly, so out of those 278 babies, 152 mm-hmm. went to adoption because the mother never mm-hmm. contacted. And then the rest of them, they were actually able to identify the mother. So in the cases where the mother did reach out afterwards, and it's usually because they called the hotline or they reached out to the where the baby hatch was and asked, is the baby okay? You know, they were still concerned, of course, about their child. So many of them reached out. And then when the clinic or whoever runs the hatch had contact with the mother, then they were able to then say, oh, maybe you know reconsider or do you want to uh do you have someone in your family who could maybe take care of the child so then they ended up helping the woman in that way to Mm -hmm. you know find alternatives
0: reconnect
1: yeah or at least even if they did put the child up for adoption eventually they still had the mother's information in case so like open adoption. yeah yeah so yeah that's what happened there and uh in pretty much the same time, so this was between 2000 and 2009 in Germany. Um, there, so there are some alternatives to the baby hatch in Germany. But these are all sort of pre, mm-hmm. um, pre-birth alternatives. You have to prepare for these. So one of them is okay. the anonymous birth. And the other one is the trusted birth or vertraulichen Geburt in Germany. And this vertraulichen Geburt is the latest uh, solution or option that women have. It's the only legally created option because it was established by, oh, I know, lawmakers in 2014. And basically what happens there, you know what, let me get to this a bit later. Let me tell you first about anonymous birth. Yeah, okay. Anonymous birth was more of a legal gray area where a mother could basically go to a hospital give birth anonymously and leave the child there up for adoption
0: how do you anonymous anonymously give birth
1: i think what happens is also you have to reach out to certain organizations or clinics that can help with that so you just go in there they take care of you they don't ask any questions they don't ask who you are they know okay after this person gives birth they cannot take care of the baby so other you know adoption or whatever has to be uh organized after that yeah so it basically ensures that the mother and the child have the best medical care whereas with the baby hatches what happens most of the time i believe is um the woman would give birth outside of a medical setting maybe in their own home or you know they're just surprised one Mm -hmm. day suddenly there's a baby coming out so uh it does happen. It does happen, yeah. Oh, whoa. It's crazy. <laughs> when, I know yeah. it
0: does, but it's just like
1: suddenly yeah. looking down, it's like, what? So in yeah. those cases, you're already with the baby, then they panic. They don't know what to do. But yeah, so the other two options, anonymous birth and trusted birth. So those were available as well. But I think it's more, I think a better um, translation
0: is confidential birth. Confidential.
1: Okay. Yeah, actually, I was gonna ask you that because I just randomly translated it, but then I wasn't sure.
0: Cause trusted, it it would be more vertraut, but vertraulich mm. is, yeah, it's it, it basically translates to confidential. Cause like okay. you know how, for example, if you had like a confidential sort of document, like mm. in Germany, you'd have like vertraulich on it.
1: Okay. Instead. Good that you you're the German expert here.
0: <laughs> expert is a bit. More yeah, expert than me.
1: Sh- uh, so back to the research, right? The reason I was telling you about this anonymous birth was because compared to the anonymous birth, which uh, they found were 376 instances of within a similar mm-hmm. 10-year period, um, only 45 mothers came back for their child.
0: Okay, because it's like more planned out. hmm so, so there's so. more... There's more um, of a, like you really sit with your decision and think about it over a long period of time before you give birth, because else you wouldn't mm-hmm. have reached out. So I think it makes so. sense. Yeah. yeah. I think or the like... baby hatch can be more of a um, sort of spontaneous mm-hmm. decision than like the other two.
1: Yes. And the reason why I think you're right is because in one of the statistics I found, Around seventy three percent of the babies that were placed in these hatches in Germany were within one day old. So they were they just came out not even a day old and then the mother presumably in a state of desperation, panic, found. Because all the hatch. hormones. Because <laughs> like there's so many hormones
0: guess, yeah. raging yeah. through your body and like I feel like any decision made while you're still sort of got that adrenaline rush and all, like, your body's going haywire, Mm. it's a lot more... uh, It's a lot... It's not, like, logically thought out, like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. Like, this is the Mm. situation. I can't properly take care of this child. It's more like, holy crap, there's a baby now. What do I do? I'm not prepared for this. Mm. So
1: Yeah, and it does give people this sort of eight-week time to maybe get your life a little bit sorted out, and then you could technically get the baby back. Yeah. But but yeah, so that's kind of what the statistics are in Germany. And let me just tell you a bit more about the Geburt, the confidential one. So obviously this was an issue because it was very controversial since the anonymous birth and the uh, baby hatches were all kind of not initiated by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, But it was clear that something needed to exist to help these mothers. So what they did... And the reason why they did this was because there is a UN... Let me just find it. So you know how the UN has these charters of human rights and all that? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And then there's also one for children's rights. Um, So the UN UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. And one of these articles basically says that children have a right to know where they came from, who their parents are. Mm-hmm. And these baby hatches and anonymous, anonymous birth um, things, they They take kind that of, right away. Exactly. So that child would never be able to find out who their parents are. So that's why yeah. um, the UN actually, or the, these commissions in the UN, they try to ban these baby hatches or anonymous birth because... right. They say that we have to protect the right of the child, whereas the counter argument is the privacy of the woman, right? So, it's it's a hot topic, but basically this right. confidential and like birth, bodily
0: autonomy, right? So, like the yeah. right of that the the new mother or that woman um, to make decisions over what happens like
1: to her, yeah. own, like body, yes. So uh, this confidential birth basically keeps that in mind. And what Mm -hmm. they do is, um, if you opt for a confidential birth, uh, you go to the hospital under a pseudonym. So there's this middle person who organizes everything. So you go to them, you say, okay, I want to do this. And then they will organize your hospital stay uh, with a fake name. So nobody in the hospital okay, so, but knows this that's not your one, fake name.
0: So the hospital doesn't know, but there's this one sort of in-between person yes. that does?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's the point of it. Um, it's confidential. Okay. Someone knows the re- the truth. And your real information is sealed in this, I don't know, envelope or something. And it's kept safe in, a, in an amt, in some kind of government office. So that once your child reaches the age of 16 they can have the option mm. to reach out to you. Okay. So, yeah, but until then you're completely anonymous and there is I think part of this law where it says the mother can object, but we don't have we don't really know how it's going to play out yet because this practice or this law was made in 2014 and the first babies yeah. will turn 16 in 2030. So that's something that we'll have to see about when children do want to reach out to their parents or their mother and she doesn't want to what happens so but yeah this is these are the three options you have in germany if you do find yourself unexpectedly pregnant and don't know what to do are
0: you speaking to
1: me personally <laughs> yes i am
0: right me completely single no social <laughs> life i'm going to get pregnant mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> no and you have support in your life so birth control I think so
0: (laughs) well yeah not um
1: yeah anyway (laughs) next
0: (laughs) some people don't have the option yeah and it's good that there's these things in place like these options
1: in place for them Mm, I agree and just to give you an idea of other countries in Europe so I think this these statistics are a bit old about 10 years old so it's possible that mm. the numbers are higher or lower. But I think until 2012-ish, there were... Um, so the other countries that have a lot of baby hatches are Poland, the Czech Republic, and Italy. Okay. Uh, they have, I think, maybe around 50-ish or even more nowadays. Then Lithuania, Russia, Slovakia have 10 plus, And then there's also a few scattered in Switzerland, in Belgium, and so this one it says it's being planned in the Netherlands maybe they have it now not sure Um, but yeah so in Russia the reason why they made these baby boxes was because between 2010 and 2011 so just one year or two years ish they found 268 uh, babies newborns who were killed (gasps) so that's why sort of as a reaction to that they created these baby boxes because to them it's like you know even if it just one baby that gets put in it's one life that was saved yeah that's
0: holy crap that's so many
1: mm -hmm. and And immediately it's so weird that it's just in that year yeah and the thing is i think a lot of these cases you don't know about because if someone you just you know just buries the baby in the middle of nowhere you don't find it and it's just yeah the numbers are like, it's probably just the tip of the iceberg that we know about. Um, let me just real quickly go to Asia as well. So, so actually, in Japan, they created mm-hmm. one in 2007. But it's only one. It's one okay. clinic where... No, not in Tokyo. In Kumamoto, in oh. Oh. southern Japan. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Kyushu. Yes, in Kyushu, Yeah. There was a doctor who was inspired by the German baby klappe and he created one I think in this clinic. So uh, they also just received hundred thirty babies in ten years. Oh wow. So about That's... one a month. Okay. Wow. But interestingly, they also exist in China. To be honest, I don't know if this would, they if this is still accurate, but they had this the government did this initiative in 2011. So the first one was created in 2011, like I said, in Shijiazhuang. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they sort of rolled out a few more throughout the whole country. And in the first two years, the first island in Shijiazhuang um, received about 170 babies. So a lot more than the other countries we just talked about. Wow, yeah. I mean, China does have a lot more people. So that's one of the reasons. But interestingly, I think this is something that kind of relates to your concerns in the beginning, but it also, it really shows, these baby hatches, I feel like they really show issues in society, especially in, like, healthcare, because 99% of the babies left in the Chinese baby hatches, or they call them baby safety islands, were babies with birth defects. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, in China, from the articles I read, most of the babies they were left there because the parents could not afford the the medicine the the costs that would have come with um taking care of the babies with the birth defects. so that's why like like two thirds of the parents who left their babies at these safety islands they also left notes or cash. And a lot of the notes they would say like this is really you know the only thing we could do to give this baby a chance to live because we cannot afford the medical costs, and by giving this baby up here, they will at least receive medical care, and it could save their lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not really sure because in well, China I they guess do have kind of also... kids. As well, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a case by case thing. I think we can't really generalize. Yeah too much here everybody has their own reasons but it was just interesting that um in China that most of the babies had defects and another thing so I told you about the one in Shijiazhuang and Mm -hmm. in Guangzhou which is like one of the largest migrant cities in China where people from the countryside Mm -hmm. come they opened their baby safety island and received 300 babies in 50 days Holy shit! Yeah. (laughs) And then this place had to close because they had no more capacity. Yeah, they were completely overwhelmed. Yeah, completely overwhelmed. And and another thing people might think about in China is that, oh, people might give up girls instead of, um, because they prefer to have boys. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, in the the Guangzhou... That's not the case. In Guangzhou, there were actually more boys left. But then again... You know, most of the kids had defects, so I think the baby's sex played less of a role, and was more the health of the baby, and yeah, yeah, the costs that would come with taking care of that child. But,
0: but yeah. I was also
1: thinking of because there's something
0: that, at least I noticed, like having mm-hmm. lived in China, you don't see a lot of people with disabilities and birth defects. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of stigma attached to it as well. Because I think, yeah, you're right. Like, some people, they definitely just want the, like, best for their child. And they can't give them that because it is very expensive to um, Mm. take, like, medically to take care of some of these kids. But I think a lot of it is also just stigma. Like, their own vanity. Because, I mean, it's also, like... In China, at least, it's a lot about like the image you portray to sort of the outside world.
1: Yeah, I don't like, know. You, you, I feel you like...
0: don't you don't want to lose face. Like there's that there's that yeah expression, right? That. But I
1: think it doesn't cover like abandoning your child. Like people wouldn't go so far just to not lose face. I think it's more. But I feel stigma like, is does. There's stigma around uh, people with uh, disabilities or mental health issues as well, but I'm not sure that's something, or that's a sole factor in people abandoning well, definitely, their children. Definitely
0: not, but it definitely plays a role. Like, that's that was my thought. Like, definitely not for everyone. Definitely, um, like, varying degrees, but...
1: And I think it just shows also more that Perhaps in China they have to, because the thing is, this was 10 years ago as well, right? So I'm not sure what changed, but at least at that time there was not enough support for families who had children with birth defects, or I think a lot of them also have, you know, heart problems that would require surgery and things like that that they couldn't afford. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. even like the baby, you know, was deformed or there's some kind of huge stigma. About how the baby might look, uh yeah, but also but just that the, the they the had costs, the medical yeah. costs that were yeah involved, so if they had the you know the medical uh support, then it might not have led to this, but anyway, it like I said, it shows the issues that that current society kind of has,
0: yeah, it's so societal issues, yeah, yeah.
1: and speaking about you know preferring baby boys over baby girls though the reason why there were so many hatches created in india and pakistan was because of this
0: right yeah that's a big problem there as well
1: yeah and for them it's um, a lot of it is related to dowry as well so when you when a girl gets married or a woman gets married off the her family has to pay like a huge amount of money to the the groom's family and many mm. people just can't afford that. So this is all actually pretty old. Uh, and I'm not sure, again, uh, from when to when, but just I guess as a ratio, you can see, from a certain time period, since 1992 to mm-hmm. sometime in the present, in the 2000s, uh, 390 boys were left in a hatch in South India compared to 2,400 girls. How many boys? 390. And girls? 2,400.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah, so not sure from when to when, but you can see the ratio kind of of boy to girl. And that's why they had a lot of them installed to prevent female infanticide, basically. Yeah, and finally, I mean, this episode is actually quite long already, but I just want to go to (laughs) South Korea as well. Uh, In South Korea, I don't think the government has anything set up. But there was one pastor who also kind of inspired by an infanticide that he read about in the news uh, or heard about. He created a baby hatch that he operates. And there are some interesting statistics there as well. So South Korea, similarly to the, remember the German law that kind of wanted kids Mm -hmm. to have the right to know who their parents were. Um, because of this in South Korea they made a law in 2012 where it's pretty much impossible for women to give up their babies for adoption anonymously oh so oh, wow, in the okay. past I don't agree with that sorry yeah, I mean that's that's the thing though that's the convention that's the the human right thing. so which, yeah whose but rights it also yeah
0: but it's also so okay maybe making it. Like, difficult is one Mm. thing, but completely making it, like, basically
1: impossible. Yeah, that's a difference. That is quite difficult. So, I definitely agree with you here, but I'll just tell you what happened there. Basically, um, so technically, it wasn't allowed before either, but the agencies, the adoption agencies, they just kind of, you know, pretend they didn't see it. They accepted undocumented babies as well. So, it was more just a gray area thing, and women could give fake names or fake addresses or just not say anything, they would still be able to give up their babies for adoption. But then there was the law passed, and then it would... I think it made it illegal for agencies to uh, accept undocumented babies. And I think adoptions also had to be court-approved, so it was just very complicated. And after this change, the baby hatch in South Korea, they saw a significant increase in babies left in the hatches, as opposed to, like, sending them to the agency so it's quite obvious that for the women who end up choosing a baby hatch anonymity is like the most important thing um yeah so if i just give you a quick uh statistic stuff so let's just say 2010 in south korea mm-hmm. they had um 187 babies who were put up for adoption that's in all of south korea all of south korea well i'm not sure i think at least this this ministry of health and welfare chart i have in front of me says that yeah wow okay that's not a lot it's not a lot and for, but also
0: if the system to like go through that is so
1: like complicated dude, wait, and long for it, wait for it wait for this was before the okay. laws passed <laughs> yeah so, but even
0: before that it was a whole process to go through adoption right i mean i think
1: that's the case in, most places but yeah i i don't know it was still complicated enough i guess um but compared to 187 put up for adoption four were placed in the baby hatches okay and then when you go to 2013 though it's after the law has passed you had 61 babies going through the regular uh, adoption process and 224 placed in baby hatches holy shit yeah it kind of shows an issue there, that the law made it more difficult for women and then they ended up resorting to just abandoning their babies. Um, but yeah, that's South Korea. And I want to stop talking about the countries now and just sort of look at the pros and cons in general. Where some people, you know, they argue that baby hatches, it's they're bad because you know, abandoning a, abandoning a child is illegal, so this encourages this illegal behavior and just makes it too easy for parents to give up their rights or their obligations of taking care of a child. And it doesn't... So I think the biggest argument might be that it doesn't seem to actually decrease the number of infanticide. Oh. They kind of found that there are about 30 to 60 infanticides in Germany every year, and this hasn't really changed. So even after maybe hatches were a thing, that number didn't change much either. But to be honest, okay. I feel like they don't know the number of infanticides. So it's so hard to measure.
0: Plus, I think that um, what could be sort of the cause for that number or the, the number that they know of is that like if nobody knows about it, like they don't know it's an option.
1: Yeah, yeah, then, I, I think so. Like,
0: what else are they going to do?
1: Mm. and they say like 30 to 60 that's a huge difference (laughs) like a huge range as well yeah so I feel like even if one or two babies ended up not being killed and put into a box that still makes them worth it yeah um so that's one another uh con I suppose and some also argue against it because they say oh it could be you know it's not necessarily the mother leaving the baby it could be maybe an abusive partner or even a pimp Because in some cases, it's, you know, women who are working in the sex industry who get pregnant and then their pimps might take that baby away and leave it in the hatch or something.
0: Or, like, disapproving families. Like, maybe, like, pressuring the mother into it,
1: like... Perhaps, or even, you know, maybe the father wants to keep the baby but the mother doesn't, or vice versa, and then one parent does it without the other's consent. But, to be honest... I don't think these are that common, even if it does happen, because, mm-hmm. like I said, most babies were, um, I feel like at least most of the babies who go into these hatches, they're the mothers, they were completely overwhelmed, they didn't know what to do, and the statistics show that 73% of babies were not even a day old, so yeah. they were just suddenly, you know, had a baby in their hands and had to do something, and they were not yeah. capable of taking care of that baby. So I think personally, it's good that they exist. But I do think that there are better alternatives, such as anonymous birth. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. They're super common in France. Oh. And that's why there's pretty much... I, I didn't find any baby boxes in France because all mothers have the option to just go to a hospital, give birth under you know, medical care, and then just anonymously leave their baby there. So there's no real need for baby boxes. Right. And that's also the case, I think, in Austria and Italy as well.
0: Well, I mean, if Mm. that's, yeah, if there's good sort of education, or um, if you communicate it well enough that that's an option, then Mm. I feel like a lot of these places, there's just... Yeah, I think the education
1: is lacking. Yeah, this should be like, for example, I think it's ideal. Personally, I think it's ideal what they do in France. Austria and Italy apparently also have this option to give birth anonymously, and you can leave the baby in the hospital for adoption. And, or, oh, actually, I see the word right now. Concealed delivery is what they use for that confidential birth we talked about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, all schools should tell people this in sex education.
0: Yeah. Sex education in general needs to improve.
1: Yes. People shouldn't. Like, that not this just in option. regard to that, but, yeah. yeah yeah I, it's I mean, it's such a huge topic. We can't you know we can go talk so much about this. I have so many thoughts in, general, in my <laughs> head,
0: but just looking at the clock, I just know. yeah, I that know we can't. I just want
1: to leave you with one uh, disturbing thought.. Oh, great. I'm sorry but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great. I mean, there's just too much to talk about. but yeah, all in all, I think yeah. it's good to have this as an option, but it's not like the right ideal solution. There's other things to be done. Uh, But as an option, it's better to have them than not, in my opinion. Because if it saves one baby's life, I think it is worth it. Uh, But, interestingly, there is a boom now in baby hatches or baby boxes in the US. Especially in states that are abolishing uh, abortion. (laughs) I wonder why. So that's the thing, I think it's so interesting in each country the reason they have these boxes or, um, yeah, it's, it's different. Or what happens after yeah. the boxes are set up, like in China, it's all the birth defects, babies going there. Whereas in the States, the advocates, a lot of the advocates for baby hatches in the US are also advocates or pro-life advocates who are abolishing abortion. So they're saying, you know, don't abort your baby, carry them to term, give them up here in the box. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, Interesting.
1: Yeah, so instead of offering reproductive health, you know, birth control options, they are offering afterbirth options.
0: That's so I I feel like it's um the US situation it's comparable to the South Korea situation where you can really tell the, sort of this change in legislation mm. um sort of on what options are available to new mothers or soon-to-be mothers it really affects the numbers and i find it but i also find it interesting that so in the case of the us like you're saying like there's that pro-choice pro-life sort of argument mm-hmm. that's always going on and yeah. it's so it it just makes it very clear like the sort of the pro-choice movement kind of um places more importance on the women's or like mother's rights and the mm-hmm. pro-life more on the child's rights because it is kind of like that uh because like you were talking about like which like which rights do you sort of prioritize because you can't like there's no ideal way to sort of at, like advocate for both at the same time like you can't uh yeah, you can see that in, in this sort of change.
1: What am I saying? Um. <laughs> no, basically, I think it's just interesting that these boxes are now being advocated for um, as it is closely tied to uh, women's reproductive rights as well. Yeah. And the care they get throughout that yeah. process. And another thought I had with the whole you know the child's right to know who their parents are is with yeah. dna tests so all of these anonymous mm-hmm. babies they could just get their dna tested and find their relatives so i don't even right. see how it's that important to have you know the mother registered an address. avenue yeah yeah that's an
0: avenue that didn't exist before that's exactly true.
1: so nowadays there's that as well so you could always look up your family if you wanted yeah. to yeah so they should make it easier for a woman to just give birth anonymously. Right.
0: Yes. A thought I had connected to that um, mm-hmm. earlier was that I get having the right to like know where you come from. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it made me think like depending on the situation, whether you can give birth anonymously or you're not anonymously could be a sort of like the difference between like putting the mother's life in jeopardy or yeah. like like depending on what situation they're in but the sort of right to know like whether it, you have that right or not you still if you're adopted like you still have the option of a good life even if you don't exactly. know like who your biological mother is yes, so yes if i feel like in that case there should be more weight to the anonymity of the mother because Mm. even without that information the children could still like are still likely to live good lives even if they don't
1: have that information yeah i completely agree with you and i think there was a um a court case in france where i think someone was pretty much given up for adoption after they were anonymously birthed and then they kind of went to the european court of human rights or something Don't quote me on this, because I think I just read this one sentence, and then, yeah, it's kind of in my head, but not completely. But she kind of challenged that this um, violated her right to know who her parents were. And I don't even know which court she went to. But either way, the result was that France said it's more important, or they basically said the mother's right to give birth anonymously was more important than the child's right to know who their parent is. So they upheld or that yeah they basically said yeah no that's how the law is and we won't change it and that's why I think in France they definitely have a better system in place my opinion
0: Yeah. yeah I honestly think like okay like if these are rights as written by like a UN council okay um that's one thing but like in that case I mean not having been adopted and not having that like sort of question, where do I come from hanging above my head? Maybe it's like, it's different, but Mm. my thought is like, you could just ask that person, okay, did you live a bad life? Because you didn't know who your biological parents were. Like, did it really negatively affect your quality of life? Mm. And if the answer is no, then it's not really a right as like in that situation as it is a it's like a privilege yeah in in that case it would be more of a privilege than a right Mm -hmm. because it doesn't like negatively affect your life
1: but yeah like it doesn't it does it gives you a chance to live i think ultimately for me that's what yeah 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 it gives a, like the woman th- more chances to live if something happens during the the birth, and with the baby hatches, at least, who knows what if that baby would have been abandoned in yeah. a dump, as opposed to an incubator that's t- been taken yeah. care of. So
0: maybe it, yeah. it, like sort of maybe in a very like final way to put this, mm. when the when the question of like when the entire situation is the difference between, like, life and death, everything else is kind of a privilege.
1: Yeah. Yes. In that case. Well put. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's the in-between on baby hatches. We're already one hour into Holy recording shit. now. Holy uh, shit. But it, it is interesting, isn't it? And oh, God, there's so much to say. Yeah, but either way, uh, I think we should just advocate more for just healthcare in general, Women's reproductive Yeah, and rights,
0: education. Education, healthcare, yes. Education, fight against stigma. Yes. Legislation that <laughs> advocates for all these things.
1: Yeah. Or against all these things, pay.
0: for all these things.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, life's already hard enough, so... Yeah. We need as much oh, support as we can get.
0: And... Um, On this note, like this was a discussion between the two of us, and obviously we have our opinions. But did you know we have an Instagram page? Ooh. (laughs) At At Murder on Silk Road, and we would love for you to message us and let us know your opinion because maybe it differs very greatly, and maybe you have specific arguments or like your own experiences, and maybe we're talking complete bullshit. Not having been in any of these situations so at murder on silk road on instagram (laughs) message us we would love to talk to you
1: (laughs) um what else do they always say like comment subscribe all that good shit (laughs) rate rate review review, and subscribe rate review and
0: subscribe but i mean if you want to do those things that'd be cool but i think i would really really love if you can only pick one of those options, I would really, really love people to
1: reach out on Instagram
0: yeah, and let comment. us know what they're thinking.
1: Yes. Otherwise, we feel yeah. like we're just talking into the void or to each other, I yeah. suppose, <laughs> which is also fine. But anyway, thanks for listening. I love
0: talking to you, but yes, oh, I, I, it's, you. It's, a, it's a different,
1: yeah, yeah, different um, sitch. Yes. So next episode, Julia will tell us about another case. So look forward yes, to that. Yes,
0: which you don't know about, so... I don't know about that.
1: waiting for you. All right,
0: then. Take care and see you All next right. time. Good night, good evening, good day, good morning, <laughs> whichever applies. Goodbye. Bye.